Welcome to Honestly Haunted. to Honestly Haunted. We're your hosts, Erin Grogan and Abby Chowning. This week, we're continuing our tour of the haunted European Union with a visit to Germany. We can't exactly put our finger on it, but there's just something about Germany. The ruins of hundreds of medieval castles litter the landscape. The Black Forest in southwestern Germany is said to be home to the monster that inspired the Slenderman legends. The Brothers Grimm found it to be the perfect setting for some of their more twisted and terrifying fairy tales. And it was also the ideal spot, according to the woman who defined the genre of horror, to set her gothic novel in, in 1818. This week, we are going to investigate the real Frankenstein Castle in Darmstadt, Germany. Now, as avid horror fans, we do hate to burst the bubble that is the name Frankenstein. It brings about imagery of a giant, greenly-tinted corpse with bolts protruding from his neck, brought to life with Tesla bulbs and lightning flashing hauntingly in the background. But Frankenstein in Mary Shelley's novel does not refer to the monster, but to the doctor himself who brings the monster to life. Same in the movie, guys, yeah. though. Like, like everybody who thinks it's the monster is wrong. Not, not so correct. But we burst the bubble even further, because the actual translation in German of the word Frankenstein means Stone of the Franks. <laughs> the Franks were a Germanic tribe who settled the region around the 3rd century AD, so the term Frankenstein would be actually pretty common and not too odd thing to name a castle in the region, especially one made out of stone. So, womp womp. No super spooky meaning behind the name. But the imagery of the castle and the tales that have been inspired from it over the centuries more than make up for its less than spooky title. Around 1250 AD, Lord Conrad II Rees of Ruburg built the castle. Lord Conrad belonged to the house of Frankenstein, or also spelled Frankenstein, which was a feudal nobility line. He built the castle in the middle of the Odenwald, which is a small mountain range shrouded in dense forests. There are legends and myths from these forests and mountains that date back to when the first Roman soldiers were entering Germania in 900 AD. Odenwald translates to Woods of Odin. Many Roman soldiers feared the forests were full of dark creatures that could only be identified in the reflection of their armor and swords. They could never look at them head on or they risked death. Many depictions of Roman soldiers from this era show them wearing their shields or pieces of metal on their backs to allow their fellow soldiers to observe any potential threat behind them reflected in the metal. The castle went relatively unscathed throughout the centuries, but the lordship to the castle was eventually sold to the Holy Roman Empire in 1662, and the castle went on to be mainly used as a refuge and hospital. This is when things started to take a bit of a dark turn. It always is when the Roman Catholic Church gets involved. My God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> in 1673, a man by the name of Johann Conrad Dippel was born in the castle. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, you're thinking, wow, another Johann, another castle. But guess what? 
There's more. There's more. Dipple grew up to be, you guessed it, a professional alchemist. Woo-hoo. We didn't plan this. Both we of us really did re- our research for this at the same time. And as we're recording these episodes, we had no idea what the other one had done their episode on. We came together and we were like, man, even with us being apart, we were in We both sync. just really wanted to do alchemy and castles. So here we are. So legend goes that Dipple had created an oil that he claimed to be an elixir of life. He attempted to purchase Frankenstein Castle in exchange for sharing the formula for this elixir, but no one ever took him up on it. It is said that Dipple's experiments became more and more odd. He soon gathered an interest in not only alchemy, but anatomy as well. Uh Rumors swirled that Dipple had begun experimenting on the bodies of the dead. He would even be seen in the town cemetery digging up recently buried and carrying their corpses back into the castle basement to conduct his dark alchemy. Dark alchemy! I know, dark (laughs) alchemy. Which we just observed last week. There's not maybe a huge difference depending on one's intent. One's intent. For the alchemy. So his certainly dark. dark. His journals also featured a great deal of theory on soul transference, or sometimes known as astral projection. Dipple had drawn many diagrams of cadavers where it appeared he had tried to transfer one cadaver's soul into another using a funnel. It is not fully proven that he ever actually attempted the practice on, like, real cadavers, but his illustrations of the procedure are quite graphic and pretty detailed, so... That's also weird, like... Where's the soul? Isn't the soul not in a corpse anymore? Why would he assume it was? Maybe at this time they thought that souls were actually part of the body maybe weird okay i wonder when that became like a because it's this whole idea of like if you have the ability to sell your soul it must remain in your body i like for instance last week with faust he assumed that when he gave his soul to the devil he would die and so they must have thought that it was they were connected in such a way that like it could still be taken if it hadn't been if you hadn't been baptized or you hadn't promised it to the devil, it still belonged oh, to you. Okay. So I don't I guess know. That's like, that's just a theory. A non-purgatory belief? Basically. Like, I guess, okay, interesting. That's interesting. what, that's what I'm going with anyway. Well, anyway, Dipple's extreme and bizarre experiments and controversial theological practices, <laughs> like believing the soul is still in a corpse, <laughs> ended up getting him banned by a number of countries like Sweden and Russia. You have to do some weird things to get banned by Russia. <laughs> He was ultimately forced to flee Castle Frankenstein when he killed a man in a duel. He set up a new lab near Wittgenstein, and a local cleric there warned the parish that Dipple had sold his soul to the devil in exchange for the secret knowledge that could allow him to conduct witchcraft and even create monsters. Was he friends with Faust? Must have been. Dipple was said to relish in these rumors because he felt it gave him more credibility when trying to sell his elixir of life. He later died of a reported stroke in 1734, but many historians believed he was likely poisoned. Following Dipple's death, the villages near Frankenstein Castle bubbled up with rumors and legends surrounding the mysterious life and experiments of Johann Dipple. The most popular of the legends were said to reach the ears of the brothers Grimm, who told versions of the story to none other than Mary Shelley's stepmother. Other historians claim that Shelley and her husband visited the castle during their tour of the Rhine and even stayed at the castle on their way to Lake Geneva. While there's a lot of controversy around these theories, it is not fully known if Shelley's Dr. Frankenstein was indeed based on Johann Dippel. However, there are many similarities between the two. 
However, it is widely accepted that Mary Shelley was inspired by her visit to the region, and it sparked her interest as she set to work on her novel, which, like we said, changed the face of the horror genre. It actually kind of is said to have created science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. We can credit her with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. You good with that? that? I'm good with that. <laughs> that is, that is legit re- real. Yeah. Like, she created the science fiction genre yeah. when she was like a teenager and a woman <laughs> she's amazing yeah love her so the weirdness continues hidden behind the gardens of castle frankenstein there is a decorative fountain etched from stone it is here where people believe johan dippel hid his remaining supply of his elixir of life before he fled the area locals believe that over time the bottles that held his elixir broke and released the contents into the water supply of the fountain a tradition grew that during the first full moon of the summer solstice, several old women from nearby villages would undergo several tests of courage and daring, and the winner would be able to drink from the fountain. Legend states that she would be rejuvenated to the age she had been on her wedding day. It is not known if this custom is still practiced today, but the fountain is widely known as one of the few fountains of youth that still have running water. Other legends rooted in German mythology seem to have an odd proximity to the castle as well. A famous German legend from the 12th century AD is known as Lord George and the Dragon. It is the story of a dangerous dragon that lived near the well by Castle Frankenstein. This dragon would creep into the village at night and eat the villagers and their children. The townspeople were distraught and helpless against the evil creature until one day a brave knight known as Lord George rode into the village and sprung into battle against the dragon. He plunged his sword into the belly of the dragon, but before the dragon died, it flicked his poisonous tail against Lord George, and both fell in the fight. The villagers gave Lord George a hero's funeral and buried him in a magnificent tomb just outside the castle walls. The tomb still stands today, and passerbys can still pay tribute to the fallen knight. There are those who believe the legend is true, and that the dragon was just one of the many dark creatures that still dwell throughout the Oldenwald and its forests. It's not known if Lord George was actually a real person, let alone a knight, but he's still considered a hero in the region, and his tomb is very indeed real. Near the castle is a large felsenmere, or Sea of Rocks, which is described in great detail in the- This is a weird one. Bear with us. Nibelungenlied. <laughs> Nib Nibelungenlied. Nibelungenlied. The Nibelungenlied in 1200 AD in Middle High German. It was written anonymously, but it is based on the oral tradition of Germanic heroic legend. Much of its origin is found in actual historical events and individuals from the 5th and 6th centuries throughout almost all of Germanic-speaking Europe. Think Homer's The Iliad or Odyssey, but German. Right, so the Nibelungenlied details the adventures. That was awesome. <laughs> Nebel Lungenlied, I think is, I, we might be butchering it, but it's, it rolls off the tongue the way you say it. Right. So the Nibelungenlied details the adventures of a hero named Siegfried, who travels through the Odinwald and encounters many monsters and creatures like dragons and water spirits. So like the Odyssey and the Iliad, how do we know what is historical fact and what is poetry? In the 18th century, an odd phenomenon took place across Germany. Fortune tellers began to have visions that there was a massive treasure hoard near Castle Frankenstein. They would tell all their clients to seek out the treasure. So, of course, there was a massive influx of treasure hunters wishing to seek out their fortunes. It created a truly chaotic scene in the villages and surrounding the castle as everyone began frantically digging to find treasure. Ultimately, a man died when the massive mine he had dug under the castle caved in on him. 
the authorities had to get involved to ban any future gold digging. To this day, no gold hoard has ever been found near or in Castle Frankenstein. But the mystery remains to why visions of gold seem to present themselves in dozens of fortune tellers across the country all at one time. And if all of that wasn't enough, it also has a natural magnetic stone formation. In the forest behind the castle lies Mount Ibes, where compasses don't work. A perfectly laid out formation of rocks creates an inexplicable magnetic field in a rather large circle at the base of the mountain. The magnetic stones have become an important meeting place for witches during the summer solstice, and it's still used for rituals even today. So we have dark alchemy, Frankenstein's origin story, dragons, fountains of youth, dragons, <laughs> martyr knights, epic poetry, magnetic rock fields, and did we mention dragons? dragons? <laughs> we don't get dragons that often. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had dragons. I know. <laughs> I mean, we definitely touch on mythological creatures before, but dragons. But not that, dragons. That's not one that comes up that often. No. But the fact that it comes up in like two different legends from the same area is Sounds interesting. Sounds like there are some dragons in that forest. <laughs> I, yeah. So Germany has like lots of interesting pockets of forests, like the Black Forest, which is actually like directly south of and this area. And the lovely cake. But it is a lovely cake. <laughs> But the Black Forest and the Odenwald's Forest are just kind of, they're legendary for how unbelievably dense the trees are, yeah. i.e. the title, Black Forest. Yes. You can't see through it. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a lot of these natural formations of like stone circles mm -hmm. or kind of magnetic stone circles, places where compasses don't work. They, they are tied very deeply to like paganism mm -hmm. and things like that that kind of like spirituality and so yeah. that's interesting too that all of these things occur in a place that has a natural phenomenon like that mm -hmm. kind of makes me wonder like did the natural phenomenon like attract these stories, stories. that's what i'm leaning yeah. with because the through the research, it's just, it like, what are the chances that it's all going to happen around this one particular site? Like, right. yeah, it varies. Like, I mean, the Odenwald is, is, we say it's a small mountain range. Like, it still is, like, a big chunk of land. And there, a lot of these activities take place within it and around the castle. But it does seem to have a very close connection to this mountain range, in particular Mount Ibes, which is where the rock formation is. But it's like, we touch back again, it all comes back to these magnetic fields and yes. what draws the paranormal or the spiritual world or other dimensions or whatever it is to these spots. And we've talked about a lot of different versions of that, like the vortices mm -hmm. or like, um, like triangles of yeah. various kinds where there are these locations that are just kind of hotbeds for the supernatural. Activity. Yeah. And this kind, this sounds like one, honestly, but it's interesting because another part of me is like Frankenstein is such a well-known story now mm -hmm. in our culture too, that it's like, it's hard to separate. Do we put the emphasis on all of these stories because this is this weird location of supernatural paranormal activity mm -hmm. or do we put more emphasis on it because we all now have this like idea of Frankenstein and it's like genre implications right. like implanted into our minds about that location. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of the historical, a lot of historians go to 
like try to go to the defense of Mary Shelley, trying yeah. to say like, no, 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 this was an authentic story. She didn't like. It, I don't think anybody was trying to say, oh, she ripped off Johann Dippel's story, right. and that's who she based it on. So I think there's a lot of defense that is flooded at her, saying like, no, 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 she she might not have actually ever visited the castle itself. She might not have ever actually heard Dippel's story. This was all her, all authentic. We don't even know for sure if she's basing the castle that at, that is Frankenstein castle as the castle that is in her story or Although, not. Even if she did like, who cares? She's still the first one to write it down. But yeah, <laughs> but, but the history, I think the point that the, though these historians are trying to make is that, and not necessarily historians, but especially local legend is trying to make is that there is something so captivating about this area as far as, far as spiritual or paranormal that just sticks out at right. her. And so she definitely did pass through the area on her trip and she did a tour with her husband over the Rhine and like they went through the area itself and from the epic poem she did experience lots of the the uh, imagery that is written in the epic poems because she was she was reading it she was interested so it would have made sense that she would have gone through the the connection the locations of the novel itself and even maybe Mm -hmm. subconsciously kind of like connected some of those pieces and she did run in circles with uh other uh other authors and other people who produced like literature that not necessarily like novels or things but they they wrote a lot of these stories down right wasn't she mm -hmm. like friends with like byron yeah like just these circles of storytellers and so it's it's i would think it'd be very improbable that she wouldn't have heard stories about this but then her herself after going to the area would have been like there's something, something here that is captivating. And that's why I'm not shocked that she would use a place like Frankenstein Castle as a setting for her story. Yeah, yeah, no, same. The whole Dipple story is interesting in and of itself. Even outside of, if we just take the bare minimum of like he was doing experiments it was sadly like not that uncommon for people to dig up corpses to do science or experiments or things like that and so like i mean even though some parts of that story do sound a little like fantastical i guess um a lot of it is based in what really was going on with like the kind of scientific community Mm -hmm. at the time which always is interesting to me because I feel like, and we talked about this last week a little bit with the with the Faust mm. stuff about the differentiation between like between alchemy and science and how there was kind of a hard line at one point where people wanted to separate chemistry from its kind of alchemical roots and yeah. things like that. For a very long time, scientists and doctors must have been kind of like morbid people because you had to be because well, yeah. you had to you had to do some of these like maybe slightly unethical things to learn the things that we know today yeah i mean you think early practices of medicine were grotesque yeah leeches like, and bloodletting and very different yeah. than what we attribute to like doctors of today of like oh they're well-respected <laughs> very <laughs> smart people who went to school for a lot of years the hippocratic oath do no harm yes. like these guys were having to do a lot of only but harm so today you can visit the castle it has not been like f- fully invested as like a year-round tourist thing yeah but it does host germany's largest halloween festival 
every year. That sounds a lot like which a lot of fun. It does sound I like a lot of fun. That. Yeah. So in the village surrounding the castle is is kind of a tourist hotspot. Like there's like spas and like fun activities to do around the castle. As far as the castle itself, it doesn't sound like there are any specific hauntings that take place within. It's more of just this overall paranormal spiritualist vibe that people get when they enter the pro like when they enter the land surrounding the castle. I don't know whether it's this magnetic field that exists, which a lot right. of people claim to have very weird experiences when they and enter that into goes the magnetic across field. The board yeah. To like other places we've talked about too, where it's like if there's like that actual magnetic field thing going on, people can feel it which would i think that there's so much that ties into that because of how many stories and legends take like find their home there which means that people over the last millennia essentially have been feeling these things in this specific location consistently through the ages like that says something to me yeah, no, I I agree. I think, yeah, maybe maybe, maybe this should bring us to our verdict because yeah. I feel like what I'm going to go into next might be like part of the explanation. Yeah, honestly, honestly haunted. haunted. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Okay, so what I was going to say that is as kind of like my justification, I guess. But basically, the magnetic field is like what hooked me. Yeah, for I, everything else is interesting. Everything else is super interesting. But as we started to talk about, like, when you tie in a natural phenomenon into these stories, to me, I feel like it gives it so much more credence yeah. because I am very much the type of person who can be fully affected by a place that I'm in. Yes. Whether it be, like, and, and let, like, even going to the most basic things, like non-spooky things, if I'm in a very tall building, sometimes I feel like I'm swaying. So, yeah. like, it changes just my body and demeanor and how I feel. Um, like, it is so, so if I'm in a place that has a magnetic field thing, like, I feel like I'm going to feel different. Yeah. And in turn, so I'm almost kind of like backwards engineering this. In, <laughs> I love it. Because, because in turn, if people feel different in a location, and it is affecting how they act on a normal basis, then that, to me, makes it seem like there could be other weird things or weird stories over mm -hmm. a very long period of time, like this castle, because it's existed for so long. Right. There could be so many things that have been affected by just the natural The very phenomenon. nature of it all. Yes. And and that's, I think, the point I was, I was trying to make with Mary Shelley, that even if she didn't actually yeah. hear the story of Johann Dippel and stay inside the castle a night and experience his story firsthand or secondhand even. I believe that there is something in this area affecting, affecting people. Yeah. And that's paranormal to me. Like that's what I think is. Yeah. It's or paranatural. As right. we, <laughs> paranatural. Paranatural. We'll try to be consistent. We have kind of coined it. <laughs> but I think it falls under the realm of, of, things that we would consider paranormal yeah. because I think and I think we've talked about this before that like some of our understanding of the paranormal is things that like maybe one day will be explained or like yeah. understood more deeply but for right now we don't understand mm -hmm. them and if we don't yeah. have all of the answers and we don't understand it it you know yeah. it 
it does fall under that umbrella. And the whole, I mean, especially with the the magnetic rock formation, it is a natural thing. Like, it wasn't man-made. It just exists in nature. There's also and, something kind of scary about those. Like, yeah. not just... It, you hear about something like that and almost immediately the first thing people say is compasses don't work which i mean i don't know how many people use compasses Today, nowadays anyway yeah. but hearing that phrase strikes fear in me it does it's a very it unsettling it makes you feel isolated yeah. it makes you feel alone it makes you feel lost i'm not even there and hearing mm-hmm. that phrase gives me a very specific image feeling everything yeah even though again like i i don't think i've ever used a compass in my life but right oh my god a compass doesn't work there how will i live but there's i know but there's some (laughs) things that exist in in nature that that do have sway over our body and i know we like make fun of it all the time i was like i need a white girl with a nose ring to tell me what planet is messing with my mood this week and we're like it's It's earth Earth. it's always earth (laughs) but like any elementary school teacher will tell you that the moon has an effect Oh, on people, one hundred <laughs> specifically children, and people women. too, and women. But it's like the the positioning of our planet does have an impact on us. I have several books about how the moon <laughs> affects us. I am I'm probably a little bit more um, new agey than Abby. But... <laughs> it's alright, but it, it's the lore about werewolves in a full moon doesn't yeah. necessarily just come from oh there's lots of werewolves running around it's that animals act weird on a full moon the moon is inherently tied into so much of human history culture and mythology yeah and and physiology like it just is and yeah. so it's it's you can't fully take away that piece of the of the equation no nope, you can't and and so that's why i'm i'm just more inclined after hearing that legend as old as these have taken root as early as Roman soldiers coming in yeah. 900 AD, which that is felt something that's super interesting. I want to see those images of like the metal strapped to their backs. Yes. That there's something very spooky about that too, because Roman soldiers like centurions are known for being tough. Yeah. And it almost, again, I love all these like references to classical literature with, the Iliad and Homer. Yes. Because it seems like something straight out of Medusa lore. It, do- it don't, does. Don't yes. look at Medusa in That's the exactly eye. That's exactly what I thought too. And so if Medusa. they feel like there's dark creatures that they don't know about going through these dense forests, they're going to try to protect themselves yeah. in whatever means they've been educated in as far as combating <sighs> monsters. And if there's dragons in Germany. There be dragons. There be dragons. So interesting. Very, a really cool very spot. Again, we did not plan on alchemy no. and castles being back to back. We've apparently been in like a literature kick. Yeah. You know. I just need to sit down with a good book. Apparently. I need to reread Frankenstein. Yeah. I think I'll do that yeah. again. Yeah. Well, we're going to go read and then we'll be back next week with more Honestly Haunted. Thank you as always for listening to Honestly Haunted. Please follow us on social media at Honestly Haunted and consider becoming a Patreon supporter to help us continue to grow. If you haven't already, leave us a five-star review. We'll be back with more Honestly Haunted. Little monster.